Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. like to hear for this is the day the Lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it so where were you all week oh we started off the week shaking the Monday morning blues with our Dr. Pierre Gordon and uh, we talked about menopause and hormones Therapy replacement. Now, ooh, we got a recap of what happened with menopause and all the things that you experience. You know, hot flashes and irritability and the disruption of sleep and possible weight gain and you know the night night sweat. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know all that kind of good stuff and the fact that. You know, you may need hormone replacement therapy because, you know, you need to replace the estrogen that your body stops making during the menopause period. Now, we also learned that the earlier the menopause takes place in your life, the more risk you have of developing, you know, some different issues such as like heart disease and, you know, things like that. And oh my goodness, when I told you, Dr. Gordon was full of information and I'm not going to even try to go back and, you know, redo any of the stuff that he talked about this week. So I'm going to make this nice and simple. Go back. And listen, he did most of the talking with me. I didn't have a whole lot of questions. So, yeah, you're going to have to go back and listen because I'm telling you, regardless of your age, you're going to want to go back and hear all of the fantastic information that he had for us. It was extremely informative and you know, even to the degree of information for men. 
Yes. So your son, your husband, your father, your brother may need this information that Dr. Gordon brought to the table on Monday. So please, please don't rob yourself of the vital information that God definitely blessed us with through Dr. Gordon. So please go back and listen. Well, we could not finish a Monday morning without the switch tip from Shanti. Stop being petty. And you know, it's funny because the switch tip always comes in right on time because no sooner than we got the switch tip, we started acting all petty. And yeah, people are buying and, and you know, if you think that Regardless of your time in the Lord, you don't need to stay in the face of God. You don't need to stay on your knees. You don't need to constantly look God in the face. Man, oh man, oh man. Oh my goodness. Because any little thing can come up and cause you to be petty. Yeah, really. And you really got to stay before the Lord and, and let the Spirit of the Lord do His perfect work in you. Because I'm telling you, you can bust out with that pettiness at any given moment. So if you find yourself nitpicking with things, if you find that every little thing gets on your nerves, if you find that, you know, you notice an air little thing, and you need to start checking that petty barometer. Okay? All right. Well, let's talk about the Tuesday Church Folk Day. Rolled around, and we are still within our seven-episode mini-series, Love and Death. Yes, that HBO Max mini-series. Fourth episode, Do No Evil. Whoa, was this an excellent conversation about Candy Montgomery and Alan Gore and their crazy, crazy results of their affair. Yeah. And, you know, when we picked up this episode, Betty was standing there with her axe in her hand and uh, Candy was trying to talk Betty out of, you know, making any kind of move that was going to be a costly one. Well, Betty wasn't the one who made the costly move. It was Candy. And throughout this entire episode, you find Candy trying to weave her way in and out of <sighs> trying to not look guilty. And unfortunately, it didn't really work well for her. Nah, 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 nah. You know, she had a little too much explanation. She had a little too many words. Uh, it was this was some kind of episode. You know, 
we were talking the other day, Wednesday morning, and, you know, I just marvel at the fact that, you know, this is a true story. And, you know, I, I say, you can't make this stuff up. Nope. You know, reality is, I mean, it exceeds fiction anything. I don't know why they script reality TV because if you just sit back and let people be people, you can't write these scripts, yeah. You cannot write the scripts. So I'm telling you, do no evil was a doozy of an episode. It was really, really good and gave you a lot to think and talk about. And it ended up, well, let's say it ended off with Alan calling like the detective and telling him that he had had an affair with Candy Montgomery. Now, he hadn't said that the entire episode, but he finally admitted it, and that's how they ended the episode. So, needless to say, this makes Homegirl a definite suspect now. And uh, i love to see how it goes next week. But next week is 4th of July, and we will not have... Uh, a show because I like to give the D-Time crew a chance to kind of read a little bit when they do have off of a rope and we won't get to talk about the fifth episode until the following Tuesday so man oh man oh man I gotta hold on woo baby make sure you check it out alright well, Wednesday, wow, Wednesday rolls around, and our girl Vivian talked about uh, our socially conscious, gave us our socially conscious segment, and we talked about, uh, you know, <laughs> people just can't, I think they think this is reality, 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 she told us about Clarissa Hood, and how she had gotten into some kind of an altercation with someone. And instead of her walking away, she uh, called her son to kill the person that she was in the altercation with. Now, here's the thing. We know how women call a man and all of this kind of stuff, but nah. She took it to another level. Her son was 14 years old. She called him to shoot the person she was having an altercation with. And he did, but the man didn't die. So, Clarissa Hood, she was to follow the man and insist that her son shoot the man and kill him. And then turn the gun on the person who was laughing while the altercation was going on. And uh, the son did not commit that murder. But unfortunately, mom and son are now in the custody of the police. 
and I want to know what life is going to look like for either one of them now at this point. So, I don't know, y'all. I don't know. You know how it goes. Things are really... I keep telling y'all, you can't make this stuff up. All right? All right. Well, yesterday, Saturday, Thursday, rolls around, and our D-Time crew talked about the reason why church should teach more about friendship than marriage. And one of the reasons is because not everybody is married. Yeah. You know, they put a whole lot of emphasis on everybody getting married, getting married, getting married. But they don't put enough emphasis on people being friends or teaching the church about friendship. Okay? Another reason why the church needs to teach more about friendship and and, uh, not more about marriage is because they say church teaching on marriage can use some work, work, and more work. And I agree, agree, and agree. Yeah, especially, girl, ooh, honey, when you talk about marriage and divorce. Oh, Lord, have mercy when I tell you how it is so twisted. You know, I've heard so many just twisted, convoluted information that they give about marriage and divorce and why you should stay in a marriage. No, no, focus on friendship. Focus on friendship because I'm going to tell you something. If you teach people how to be a true friend, then they'll learn to be a friend. To the person that they end up being a partner with and you can work through your marital issues a whole lot easier because you'll remember that you're friends and that you love one another as friends and you're not just partners in this marriage thing. Yeah, it's just so many other reasons why, but those are one of the top two reasons why, you know, two of the top two reasons why we need to teach Friendship more than marriage in church. And that's how we spent our week here on this new time with us. It has been so Well, today is Freestyle Friday, and we get to do whatever it is we want. And it is the holiday weekend. Yes, July 4th is Tuesday. So, man, oh, man, oh, man, you can get a chance to go away today, tomorrow, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Whoa! I know those of you who are in the workforce must be having a grand old time right about now. Well, I celebrate with you. Go ahead and get that extended, extended weekend because you probably need it. But before you can get there, we're going to spend the next hour and 45 minutes having a good old time here. And we're going to listen to the man and see how they're going to send us into our thought-provoking weekend, as I call it. And I got some information. I got some tea. Who knew? 
here. You know, that's my more recent segment on Friday morning. And I think you're going to find this information a little interesting. Okay? All right. So, go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's the time with Pastor Seth is on. And whatever you do, whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. It's an absolute nightmare. I was terrified. It was like your head's going to explode. Migraine is a disabling disease. Just all of a sudden couldn't see. Migraine has ruined my life. Absolutely terrifying. There's pain that does not stop. I feel like I'm dying. There's thunder and lightning. It's a throbbing, pulsing, banging, hammering feeling in your head. 36 million Americans suffer. I started getting migraines around five years old. Just takes over everything. I feel trapped by migraine. It hurts like my head's gonna like fall off. And the whole world around you stops. My world has gotten small. You feel like the world's closing in on you. There's nothing you can do. I had spent a year housebound. It's like you're trapped in your head. There's no escaping it. You can't leave your body. Don't suffer alone. Make your move against migraine. Learn more. Find help. Get connected. The American Migraine Foundation. Again, welcome back to this Sweet Time with Pastor Steph, and it is Freestyle Friday. Now, I got a question. Did you just hear that PSA? It said 36 million Americans suffer from migraines. Well, how many Americans are there? If 36 million suffer with migraines? Oh, I, I had I had I had to reach out and ask. I had to reach out and ask. So I'm gonna find that out in a couple of minutes. But when I heard that, I'm like, well, oh my goodness! All right, the number is officially in. There are three hundred thirty-six million. 793,183 American people as of today. Oh my goodness. Did y'all hear that? I gotta say that number again. 336 million 793 1,183 million Americans as of June 30th, 
Now, they didn't count the ones that, you know, are no longer breathing as of today. But if we took, like, 10,000, yo, and y'all going to add the foreigners, the asylum seekers to that number? Have y'all lost your mind? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Somebody just text me and tell me, have I lost my mind to think that it's okay to add how many people since last year? Because they're not counting in the Americans because they're not American. So you've just added how many people? The United States is only but so big, and we already carry 336 million. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Something wrong with that number. Something wrong with that number. Wow, y'all. Mm-mm-mm. See? This is what happens on a Freestyle Friday. You don't know what we're going to end up talking about. Well, I started this new segment called Who Knew a couple of months ago. And, you know, that's when I talk about, um, you know, something that has happened with uh, some person who is pretty much popular and a whole lot of us know and just kind of give you some information regarding that individual. Well, today, Gladys Knight is on my radar. So they talk about Gladys Knight's son who passed away and some of the information regarding that as well as some other points in her life. So, I think sometimes we forget that these people who we admire in the entertainment business, they do have personal lives of their own and, you know, they're singing and they're entertaining us to a whole lot of tragedy. So they're talking about the fact that Gladys Knight, back in 1999, suffered the loss, the loss, I'm sorry, the loss of her son who passed away. Now, they're saying that her son, James Jimmy Newman III, was her manager in the mid-80s and or since the mid-80s he had been a manager and he died at a young age of 37 on July 10th almost like how many years now in 1999 and they say that his death happened suddenly and was a huge shock to his mom and the other family members And they have, um, you know, really 
been dealing with this loss since May. Now, Gladys Knight has two children, or at least she's pictured with two children, her son, Jimmy, and her daughter, Kenya. And they say that although it was never officially confirmed, there were several reports throughout the years that her Jimmy allegedly died of a two-day alcohol and cocaine binge, and that ultimately caused him to pass away in his sleep from a, a from an alleged heart failure um, in his sleep. And he uh, passed away in his Las Vegas home. Now, they say that there were also several reports that he died of natural causes. But they really didn't lean to that because he was a pretty healthy young man and, you know, people wasn't really buying that uh, story. Now, they say... Um, he was a really intelligent man. He was really ambitious. Um, he was very close to his mother. Now, after he graduated college, that's when he became the manager of his mom and his uncles and cousins. And, you know, remember Bubba? Yeah, that was his uncle because that was Gladys Knight's brother. And... They say that he was survived by his wife, two daughters, and three sons. And, uh, boy, that really, really hit the family hard. Now, they say if it's accurate that this Jimmy passed of drugs, that, uh, drugs and alcohol, that is, they say that his father, James Newman II, died from a drug, um, as a drug addict, and he died at 35, only a few years after him and Gladys Knight ended up getting a divorce. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, they would be saying that there was some kind of pattern in, you know, that uh, lineage. Now, James II, he was a jazz musician from Atlanta, and he was Gladys Knight's first husband and her high school sweetheart. Now, they married when Gladys Knight was only 16 years old back in 1960, and they ended up divorcing in 1973, and during that marriage, they had two children, Jimmy and Kenya. That I told you she was, um, she was, you know, photographed with. Now, she has a book called Between Each Line of Pain and Glory, My Life Story, and it talks about her success was pretty much too much for two of her husbands to handle. Can you imagine that? Now, she's been married four times. And neither him, James II, nor her second husband, Barry Hankerson, 
could allegedly deal with, you know, all of her superstardom status. Now, if I can remember correctly, that Barry Hankerson, I think that was Aaliyah's uncle. You know, Aaliyah. Aaliyah, you know, the little uh, Aaliyah from Romeo Must Die and the little superstar herself who tragically passed away from a plane crash. I think that was her uncle, which was her mother's brother. And that's who was met. Oh, somebody said yes. I got a confirmation. So he was married to he was married to Gladys Knight. Now her third husband, now everybody knows the third husband, I'm sure. Remember she was married to Les Brown, the motivational speaker? Yeah, well she says he had Roman eyes, loved all the attention from the females other than her, and their long distance relationship it just really didn't really couldn't endure um, the test of time. So she ended up getting divorced from him as well. So she's, you know, moved forward from all of those divorces and she, you know, still coped with her son's um, sudden death. And she is 74 now. Yes, and she's married to her fourth husband, William McDowell, and they've been married since 2001. And Gladys Knight is still, what do you call it, touring, because I actually contemplated going to see her in concert. Um, I saw her in concert with, what's my boy's name? Jerry LeVert back in the 90s and man they were good well you know anybody who sings with Jerry LeVert is going to turn it out and if you remember they did you know he um, she played Gladys Knight played um, what's his name Jamie Foxx's mom did they play Jamie Foxx's mother on the Jamie Foxx show, and she was married. Yep, I got another confirmation. And she was married in the show to Joe LaVert. And they did a couple of quickies, um, you know, and she sang with Jamie Foxx, you know, on the show. But let me tell you something. You know, when, when Joe LaVert was alive, nobody could outsing Joe LaVert. I'm sorry. I don't care who sang. Homeboy would rip the stage. I don't care who he sang with. I don't care what show it was. He tore it up. And they did a couple of songs together during the concert, despite, you know, although they did, you know, some separate, they did two, two separate sets, but they were fantastic together. So I came across that, and I thought that maybe you'd like to hear, you know, that little story. And, again, you know, get her book. You know, I guess maybe it would be some good reading. What's the name of her book again? Uh, something, something, My Life Story. 
Hold on. Let me find it for you. <sighs> Pastor Steph can't find it. And I just read it. Mm-hmm. I'll come across it again. I'll come across it again. Oh, between each line of pain and glory, my life story. So you might want to get the book. Might, you know, be some good reading involved in that. But um, I thought that was an interesting who knew. Well, hopefully you share that feeling. So what else are we talking about today? Now, uh, I had this story. I've been holding on to this story since last week, and I missed it in a couple of my shows because I kind of got stuck probably on another story. But there's a Missouri woman who chased down her sister's stolen car and allegedly shoot the two people inside. So, here's how this story goes. Fred Chester Jones, 32, she was driving with her three kids in St. Louis, and she spotted her sister's Dodge Challenger, which had been stolen the day before, and it passed her on the road. Now, Miss Jones, she chases after the Challenger, which ends up colliding with a truck at an intersection and veered off the road before catching fire. Now, as the Dodge burned, she allegedly gets out of her car and shot two of the occupants of the stolen car with one of them firing back at her. Now, don't we talk about getting involved with other people's stuff? So she tells the investigators that she wanted to force the car to stop by ramming into it. Now, they don't know who the kids were in the car with her. She was arrested at the site, and they did find her gun, and she had, by that time she had put in the trunk of the car, and she's facing three counts of assault, armed criminal action, and endangering the welfare of a child. She has a bond of $750,000, and they have a picture of her with a twisted wig. <laughs> And she's actually burned in her face. Now, I don't think these are new burns because she, this is like a mugshot. And I'm sure if these were fresh burns, she'd be wrapped. Her face would be wrapped. So my thing is, you ain't got enough for some burns. You going to go into a by burning car. And if you saw your people's, going by what that got to do with you you know listen I'd be calling my sister I'd be like yo 
I just saw your car going right by me. Girl, they drove right by me. I'm sorry. I'm not chasing nobody. She, I hope she put in a report that the car was stolen, and that's all I'm doing. I, I might tell her I stole the car, and you know what? Knowing my sister, I might have kept my mouth shut. Yeah. I'm not chasing no car. I'm not chasing anybody because you did endanger the welfare of the children. First of all, when you were chasing them, clearly y'all must have been going at some high rate of speed. So now you got to go at a high rate of speed because they're going at a high rate of speed and you're chasing the car. Now, the same way that car ended up crashing, you could end up crashing. And then you get out and shoot somebody? Oh, no. You done lost your mind. You done lost every bit of your mind. I don't know. I don't know what people be thinking about. Oh, what else are we talking about? Hmm. Well, I'm trying to figure out which one I want to talk about next. All right. Well, let's talk about this here. You've got this police officer who has gone bug wild out in Daytona Beach, Florida. Now, our Pastor Vinny is on with us today, and I'm sure if we're hearing about it here in New York, he has definitely had to hear about it because I believe this is his neck of the woods. Well, they have this story of a three-year-old or three-and-a-half. Why do people do that? Half? What's the half? He's three or four. Okay. Three-and-a-half-year-old child who was having difficulty potty training. And for some reason, for some ungodly reason, they took the child to the Florida Public Safety Department on successive days. Last October, and the child was placed in jail. Did you hear what I said? Three and a half year old was placed in jail. Now they say on another occasion, the child was handcuffed. Now what kind of handcuffs you got that's going to go on a three-year-old? Oh, I'm sorry, three and a half. Now the child was taken... Now, remember now, the child was taken to the public safety department. Excuse me. So they say he was crying. And um, the lieutenant said that as the child was crying, he thought he was getting the response that he expected. And this is what he was telling the, the, the social worker uh, at the Department of Children and Families. And... He had body cam footage of all of this. <clears throat> now, the little boy said he would never poop in his pants again. Now, I'm trying to figure out how they got a hold of this kid because they're saying that another high-ranking 
officer, Detective Jessica Long, brought the child to the jail on October 5th, and she was facing discipline from the city. So my question is, who gave the child to the detective? And why? So not only should these cops be reprimanded and lose your, excuse me, lose your job. Again, if it's a United States, you lose your job. No, you need to know parameters. There are no parameters when potty training now has the same uh, um, or, 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 or difficulty with potty training has the same result as if you went to store and sold some, 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 some merchandise. You handcuffed and taken to a jail? So they said that this particular lieutenant at one other time put a four-year-old in jail as well. And I'm trying to figure out how come he wasn't reprimanded from then. So they say about nine years ago, he said he put a four-year-old boy in jail who was misbehaving at preschool, and the little boy had hit a girl. And when he asked the little boy, did you hit the girl, he said yes. And he said he put him in jail and told the little boy, this is what happens to people who hit other people. He said, I took him to the jail and he sat there. And I watched him and he was crying and everything. And to this day, if you mention that incident, he's like, I would never do that again. Now, the lieutenant is saying it was super effective. So this is why he did what he did with the three-year-old. Now, you put a four-year-old in jail. Where are the parents? This is, this is what I need to know. I, I read this thing twice. And I'm reading it for a third time today, and I still have seen nothing that indicates what the parents said, where the parents were, where the parents in the next cell. I have not heard anything, and I'm having a problem with that right there. So here's my thing. If the parents let the lieutenant and the detective put their kids in jail, they need to be in jail as well. They need to be there as well. Because why? Because you hit a little, now you four, you hit a little girl. Now, you know, we try to teach our children, y'all little boys don't hit little girls, and we try to teach our children, don't put your hands on other people and all that kind of stuff. Fine. But is jail how we handle someone who is having difficulty potty training and and hitting children in preschool. This is what they do in Florida. Oh no, Mm-mm. I think I'll stay here in New York. And Shanti says it's safe in the clubs. Yeah, this this just too much. This is way too much. 
is way too much. So they're saying that these two individuals, the detective and the, what do you call it, and the lieutenant, they lost some of their salary because they had been on 20 hours of leave without pay on their May pay stub. So this is the most, you know, they suffered. So they're still investigating and still trying to figure out, at least according to this, what they're going to do with these people here. They have not made a decision. They have not said that these people were fired or anything. But uh, I guess I'm 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 gonna be looking this up because I really want to know what they end up doing with these people here. Alrighty, we have another Florida story. Now, this is about a Florida team who. Now, when you say team to me, when I first looked at the caption, I thought we talking about somebody fourteen. 15, no, 19. So you have this James, 19 years old, who's facing charges of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and armed trespass passing on school grounds because he couldn't get what he wanted. Now let me tell you what this is. So they say that he asked someone for a ride to a local GameStop store. And when they refused his request, his temper went out of control and it escalated into some real serious events. So they say that he went into his room, came out, and he was brandishing a uh, two pocket knives, one in each hand, and when one of the people disarmed him, he wasn't finished. He went back. He went into the kitchen and grabbed a seven inch knife and hurled it at someone before running off. Now he ends up climbing a fence and going into a high school. And <laughs> he sought refuge in a storage container. And they finally were able to get him and take him into custody. Now, they did find two pocket knives in his pocket. And they ended up locking the school down when they found out that he was on the premises. And they were able to open the school back up. But here you are, 19 years old. Now, that's what I said. I, I, I'm like, wait, really? 19 years old, and because someone did not take you to GameStop, you now are throwing knives at people? What kind of withdrawal were you going through that you had to pull out <laughs> some knives and throw them at people because of that? I don't know. What's going on with these people here? All right. But when so I'm going to talk to our gentleman because I got a 
story I I need to talk to my men about today because I'm hitting the ladies with this on Wednesday. So let me first say good morning to Pastor Vinny. I feel like it's been forever since I've heard your voice, Pastor Vinny. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you doing this morning? I am all right, Pastor Vinny. Thank you very much. How are you? We're good. How are you We're doing? good. Um, we've been doing a little traveling, you know, get, right. getting uh, change, changing up the scenery for, for Pastor Brenda. We had, uh, we right had a good time up, 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 up in Charleston. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, a few days in Charleston, and then we uh, well, we had to go to a funeral up in Baltimore. Uh, okay. But uh, all is well. All is well. All right. Okay. All right. Yes. Well, thank God for the mercy. And, amen. Uh, amen. All right. You got three stories you can talk about. You can talk about <laughs> the woman who chases her her sister. She she sees her sister's stolen car go by her, and she chases the car down with some children in the car. After the car crashes, the car she was chasing crashes, she gets out and she shoots two of the people in the car. It doesn't say whether she recognized anybody, but it says that she shot them. She was shot she was shot at from inside the car. She's now under arrest and being held on seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar bond. You can all talk about the case of the three-year-old who was arrested for having difficulty with potty training, along with nine years ago, the same lieutenant um, arrested a four-year-old for hitting someone in preschool. Or you can talk about the teen who throws knives at people because no one took him to the GameStop. Which one of these stories are you talking about this morning? Mm, Pastor Steph, as compelling as all of these stories are, I had to laugh. <laughs> I had to laugh when you said uh, it, it, the the, uh, the burn mark didn't look fresh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it didn't. I be saying, if you look at this picture, Pastor Vinny, you would stay away from anything that was burning. Trust me. <laughs> my God. My God. We we um I don't know if we're watching too much of the Avengers or we we watch it too much yeah. too much drama on television. You know, we we think yeah. we we're our own uh show. We're all we're yeah. own drama, you know. We're Captain Captain America, you know. It it, it yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy that people have such a a blind spot when it comes to making just some judgment calls. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you said, you call the authorities. <laughs> you right. your job is to call the authorities. Period. <laughs> if if you, if you see something, call say something. If you see something, say something. 
It doesn't say if you see something, jump into action. <laughs> put on oh, your put on your Spider Man suit. <laughs> yeah. They don't, don't they don't end well. What do you think was going on in her head, Pat Savini, that makes her think she could chase the car down and now she's going to shoot up the car because these people were in the stolen car? Why? You you probably have to go back and, and find out where she got that first burn from. <laughs> <laughs> you, this, she was saying, this is not my first rodeo. <laughs> right? Oh, this is God. not my first rodeo. Let's get it on. <laughs> Let's yeah, get it on. Uh, yeah, that's that. Uh, no, no. Do you it's, think it's she sad. should be charged? Do you think she should be charged, Passivini, with the uh, with the endangering endangering of uh, of minors? Absolutely. That that should have been part of her judgment call. <laughs> That's what she should have been looking at, you know. Oh, no, I can't get involved with, with it. Look, these, these kids could possibly get hurt. These these kids could possibly get hurt. No, this is not, this is not, not only is it not a good look, but this is not a good uh, action. Uh, it, it could have been worse. It could have been a whole lot worse. Absolutely, absolutely. It could Definitely have, yeah. in- you're right. I agree. I agree with you 100%. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning, Pastor Vinny. Boy, do I have a story for you men this morning. I shall be back. I shall be back. Where is my brother Al with silence this morning? Good morning, brother Al. Chop, chop, brother morning. Good morning, Pastor Steph, Pastor Vinny. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Yes, already, already, already. Hey, Brother Al, which story do you want to talk about this morning? (laughs) I'm sitting here laughing at all of them, but I had so many jokes on the one with uh, the woman chasing the car down. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I'm just picturing the scene here, and she got to be from the hood, because only somebody from the hood is going to do that. Only somebody yeah. from the hood. So I could I could just picture her in the car, right? And she driving and she Oh shoot, that look like my sister that is my sister car. So she chasing the car down and then the other car running, the other car crashing. She jumps out the car, they shooting at her, and I can see her with her head in the car telling the kids, All right, baby, y'all stay down. Mama be right back, baby. Then she jump up and look at them. Oh, Break yourself, fool! And start breaking off shots. You know what? So what? You know what? You have been watching too many Avenger movies. Uh, I'll just tell you what I saw. It's Brother Al that's been watching too many Avengers movies. Uh, I'll tell you what she did. That's what she did. All right, babies, y'all put your head down. Mama, be right back. Brace yourself, fools, and start busting those shots. I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm taking your TV away, brother Al. Look, Pastor Vinny wanted to say the same thing. Pastor Vinny wanted to say the same thing, but he just he just said it in a nice way. You're right, Pastor Al. You're right. 
don't know. And, and it wasn't danger of child. You know, you put those children, you know, on a serious side, you put those them children in, 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 in serious harm because bullets okay. don't have no name. You're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I'm trying to figure out, I really would love to know, you know, what was on her mind when she pulled out the gun and started shooting. Now, now, now let me ask you two gentlemen something. You know, here you have the, the cars on fire. And that ain't enough. You got to shoot them too? Yeah, I know. <laughs> she saw the cars on fire. But the people still wasn't hurt. So she's like, oh, no, 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 no. It ain't ending here. <laughs> I don't know, Brother Al. You needed to see this twisted wig. That, that's the part that I, that I had. That's what I'm trying And then she probably was mad. She probably was mad because she chasing them and she ducking and dodging and her wig got twisted. And she's like, oh, hey, y'all want to play with the wig? Okay, this is, this is what we're doing? <laughs> I paid good money for this wig. This is what we doing. <laughs> you got some imagination, brother Al. You got some imagination. Look, oh, baby, God. hand me that gun out of the gun compartment, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave you marinating in your in your story. I'm gonna tell because y'all think this is sick. Y'all wait till the story I got to talk about. I'll be oh, taking man. you joining us today, Brother Al. Oh, oh yeah. let me say, you know what? Let, let me, I'm hugging you through the phone, Pastor KL. I haven't spoke. I haven't heard your voice. I haven't spoken to you. I'm going through withdrawals. Oh, I miss my Pastor KL. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to bring on the sexiness since you miss me so much. Imagination. 
I promise you that you have some kind of imagination. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Pastor KL. Well, after I host our topic last night, I stumbled across a news story, and I said, you know what? I got I got to take this to my men tomorrow, and I got to take this to my ladies on Wednesday because this here, you know, we talk about secrets in the family, but I'm I'm gonna be honest. In all my little fifty six years, I don't think I've ever heard of a secret this one. So here's how the story goes. All right. So you have this couple, and they're writing to their therapist. They're writing to this therapist, this advice column. And the woman is actually doing the talking, but it's she and her husband who need to get this advice. So she says that she, when she married, she, excuse me, she said she married her husband. He already had two adult children, but they wanted to have a child together. So her husband, unfortunately, had had a vasectomy quite a few years earlier. And clearly they're saying that you can actually have a reversal of a vasectomy, but because it had happened too long ago, it couldn't be reversed. So they didn't want to use a sperm bank, so they they ha- they found another solution. That's what the two of them put together, the two brains put together, found another solution. So they felt the best decision was to keep it where the husband's genes would still be the same as the other children. So they knew that one of his sons had, was in good health, he had good personality, and he was very intelligent. And they decided to use him as the sperm donor. So they ended up having a little girl. The little girl is now 30. Now they want to know, how do they tell her that her father is really her grandfather. Her brother is really her father. Her sister is her aunt. And her nephew is her half My Lord. My Lord, my Lord. She said her husband 
and her husband were anxious, confused, and worried about telling the daughter. And it was particularly hard on her husband because he wants the daughter to know that he will always and forever be her father. <laughs> wow. Let us bow our head for a word of prayer. <laughs> oh my God. Mm. I'm a little late for that. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little late for that. <laughs> now, I'm just allowing this to all soak in. So, for those who didn't get it, I'm just going to say this real quick again. The two of them met. The man and the woman met. They wanted to have children. He already had two adult children, one of them being a son. (laughs) They wanted to have a kid, but the husband had had a vasectomy so long ago, it could not be reversed. So the fact of the matter was the two of them could not have a child together. They didn't want to go to the sperm bank. And they wanted to make sure that the husband's genes were in the child that they were going to have. So they opted to go to one of the adult sons and impregnate the wife. She has a little girl. The little girl is now 30 years old. She, they are now in some turmoil because they've been lying to her for 30 years. <laughs> and they want, they don't know how to tell her that her father is her grandfather, her brother is really her father, her sister is really her auntie, and her nephew is really her half-brother. <laughs> how? How do we get ourselves in these type of messes? Nobody thought the long-term effect of this thing. So I'm the woman here, and you three are the men. So, Mm -hmm. Brother Al, we're going to take you first. (sighs) Wow, that's such a crazy story. And, you know, now I'm wondering because okay they she didn't they didn't want to go to the sperm bank or anything like that. So did the son physically have sex with her to get her pregnant? I don't no 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 I don't think that was the case. I think they just used his sperm as a sperm donor mm. because remember it, it was literally said they just didn't want to go to a sperm bank and arbitrarily pick anybody because 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 they wanted the husband's genes genetic and remember now when you go to the sperm bank you you get some type of profile of the donor mm-hmm. and considering that they wanted to make sure that the person was in good health. The person had a good personality, and he was intelligent. 
they just used the sauce. Because they knew right. he fit that profile. Mm. Man, uh, so one of the things is that, well, like you said, they didn't think about long term. I think that they were being selfish. And the son, he was an adult, so he's just as crazy, you know, because it seemed like he didn't have any children. So it was like, all right, Dad, I'll, I'll go ahead and donate. You know, every, everybody thought of themselves at the time. They didn't think about what the, the long-time effect would be. And, you know, like you said, she's grown now. She's 30. But I'm quite sure that would just mess her whole mind up. Like, you know, she might have to get some therapy behind that. <laughs> you know, they didn't think about that. They all was being very selfish. You know, if that was the case, then they should have just went and adopted the kid. You know, if, if you wanted a kid that bad, then you should have went and adopted. Mm -hmm. But right now, you know, you might tell this this woman this, and she may say, you know what, I don't want to deal with none of y'all crazy so-and-sos, and it ain't go off. So they were very selfish. They didn't think about the long-term effect. Okay. Pastor the Yes. Listen, then by any stretch of the imagination, it's incest. What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Oh, incest. This is another form incest. And incest, by any stretch of the imagination, is wrong. It's like Pastor Alfred. Man, this is this is a selfish in the highest order. You know, when when them two brains got together and said, Well, we're gonna do this well the three of them actually, the the mother, father and the son said, Yeah, we do this will work. This will work <laughs> until until she gotta find out, you know, that when when she needs a, a blood transfusion or she needs somebody blood, and, and, and they find out that hey, your alleles are, are exact. <laughs> your alleles are all the same. You know your your your, uh, your 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 blood composition tells tells us <laughs> another story. <laughs> oh Lord have mercy! It, there, there's, there is no there is no easy way out. You don't you don't wreck. <laughs> You you done engineered this daughter, and now you're gonna wreck her life. You know, I'm not for keeping secrets, but sometimes some things need to be kept to yourself. <laughs> All right, now. Just, I'm gonna just, stop you right there because I don't want you. I'm gonna stop you right there. I'm gonna stop you right there because I don't want you okay. to step over a line. I'm, I, 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 I'm, I'm coming back around. I'm coming back around. Okay. I need to know just a thought. Just your thought. Just your thought, Pastor KL. What's the thought? Keep it clean. <laughs> Pastor KL, you talking to the mute button. Oh yeah, I was. I'm sorry. And I was saying some good stuff too. But I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna keep it short. <laughs> um I was going to say exactly what, what Pastor Vinny said at the end. You know, some things you need to die with. You know, some things you need to keep to yourself. No, I mean, no, 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 no,
Don't give me that thought. Don't okay. give me that thought. Don't give me that thought yet. I'm, Don't I'm, give me that thought yet. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I just, I just think that, that, that. The the mother and father was on board. I I I think I don't really think the son was on board. I think because the son was asked by the mother and father, he 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 conceded to it. You know, I I just wow. don't think how somebody would would, would want to impregnate their mama and be okay with it and have a party about it. I just I just can't see that. You know what I mean? So I I just think he was bully balled into that, and you know, now now we want to find out. If I was the son, I'd like no, that's on you. I'm not. I'm not mentioning that. You know, y'all wanted to drive this picnic. You know, something. Listen, you can't put everything in the picnic basket. You know what I mean? And be mad because you didn't like it after you ate it. No, 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 no. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this because that's an interesting concept. So you willingly, because they can't take the sperm, you willingly go to the mm-hmm. to the to the bank. And you give, you donate, which, and you know this is the purpose, and you don't think that, you think that he was pressured? Is that what you're saying? I think so. Listen, listen. When you sit at the table and your mother and father said, don't get up until you eat, finish your vegetables, you willingly eat it. You willingly eat it because you want to get up. They can't kill you for not grown. eating it. But you okay. grow. But if you grow, if if you you grow in your mama house. If you go home right now to your mother and she said, mm-hmm. you, what does she call you anyway? What does your mother call you? <laughs> what does my mother call me? Yeah. Yeah, she, she called me Kenneth. Okay, okay. So she says, Kenneth. And Kenneth is at his age now, and he's sitting at the table, and mm-hmm. now that he's moved away, he no longer eats string beans. And she said, you better finish mm-hmm. some string beans. So you're going to finish some string beans as though you were, like, 12? <laughs> if I'm in, listen, you, you don't know my mama. My mama, you know, we talk about this guy with the <laughs> beans you know what I mean? We're, we're talking about the guy with don't. Don't, don't start no trouble online, okay? I, I, I still got a few more years to live. But if my mama, the Vivica Frazier that I know, if I come to New York tomorrow and she said, I need you to finish this spinach, I'm going to open up another can because I know what's going to happen if I don't finish this spinach. <laughs> child, but we really don't want to go to the bank and, let her, and, and, we, and we, we want our bloodlines to keep growing. Maybe he thought he would have another son. I, I, don't, I don't know what, what he thought. You know what I mean? So, so there, there, there's, there's a, a, a guilt into, and, and a pressure. You know, that, that I just want to do this for my parents. I want, how many people just want to satisfy their parents? 
knowing stuff is wrong. You know, I mean, kids do that now. How, how many times the absentee parent is still the best parent in the world and will do anything for that parent, even though we know he's from hell? Hey, baby. You good? Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, we 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 good. Okay, so, I mean, all right. All right, so wait, so wait, I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna ask you, put do okay, considering what Pastor KL said, could you be influenced to make this kind of move? No, I was wondering who you was talking to. I didn't hear you call my name. That's why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Um, could could I be influenced? I I I don't I don't I don't think so. I, I'm I'm looking at the picture here of of how they went to him. I would love to bit a fly on the wall to see how they went to him. You know, hey, hey son, listen, we came up with this idea. You know, uh, we want to have a baby, and of course, you know, I can't have it, so we would like for you to donate to a sperm, and we're doing that because the genes are so close, and it would be in the family. So I'm just wondering, was the son just that naive, and or did he just feel, wow, you know, I, I really want to help my dad, you know? I, I don't, I don't that's just, wow, that's just kind of crazy. Could you be influenced? Could I be influenced? I, I, me personally, no. Because I'm, I'm, I'd be looking at it like, well, well, this, this my mom, this my stepmom now, like, and, and you know, and I want to be with my kids. I, I don't think I, I don't think I would be influenced. All right, Pastor V, what, what, what could you be influenced? I'd like go ask the other brother. <laughs> <laughs> Not at 30 years old. Not at 30 years old. Okay. 17? <laughs> Maybe. But not at 30 years old. You know, okay. uh, uh, unless, there was, unless there wasn't a righteous thought placed, <laughs> placed in my head <laughs> before that. No. You, you know, I, I'd be walking around wondering, is that my brother? <laughs> Is that is that my son? Is that my daughter? Well, well, wait. Why would you wonder if you know you didn't donate the sperm? What would there be to wonder about? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm not giving up no sperm. <laughs> now I know That's I why. gave Mary, stepmom Mary, my sperm to make a baby since my father couldn't, but when mom, when stepmom Mary had the baby, I'm going to look and wonder if that's my kid. Oh, no, that is my kid because she that's ain't went to kid. nobody else to get the sperm. No, <laughs> she, that's your kid. That's your daughter or that's your son. Ain't no wonder mm-hmm. in here. Well, right. you know, you know, Pastor Steph, yes. well, you know, Pastor Steph, as, as looking at it too, we have to remember, okay, he, uh, the son was a grown man when this happened. So now yeah. what we forget, what we forgetting is that the young lady is now thirty, which means the son is up in his sixties somewhere. Yeah, you know he's an old man forgot, now. Y'all forgot. <laughs> I have no, not me, Doc. Because I hear them saying thirty. Y'all. 
Okay. Okay. Brother Pastor Vinny. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where I, where I am, uh, Pastor Kale. I mean, who do you trust? Who, who right. do you trust? You've been living with these people for 30 years. You know, you know, forget about the car. You know, who's who's teaching you your morals? <laughs> you, who's, who's, who's teaching that's you what's that's right that's and wrong? Who's, you know? That's the Pastor yeah. Vinny, you you don't you don't you, you you went too far now. Let's not forget about the car. Uh-huh. We still need the car. You still own me. You still own me. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! Listen, Pastor <laughs> Kerr, at that at that point, I'm I'm telling you, yeah, man, yeah, I got you. Don't worry, I got I got you. I got a Rolls Royce in in the garage. Just waiting for you. Listen, I've got a listen, listen, at this point, for you. and then you, you you, believe that you I've got a me. bridge for you too. No, but but think about it, Pastor Vinny. You owe me some uh-huh. "I'm sorry" gifts. I need some parking gifts. <laughs> you need to apologize. You know, with a car. <laughs> think about all the child support payments I didn't get. People go to jail for child support. We can make a deal. <laughs> we should make a deal. It's a, the the only oh, the only truth that I got is that you are I know for sure you my mother. You my mom, I know that for sure. The rest <laughs> of you I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Man. Like Earth. you said, brother Al, that's the only thing that's not questionable here. Now wow. I got a question for you gentlemen. I got a question for you gentlemen. What would be your advice? Someone wrote to you and asked you, what do they do? Because remember now, she's, she's adding in, mom is the one who's writing. She's speaking for her and the, and the I don't even know, her and the husband, because I can't call him the father, because I don't know who to call him now. But she's writing for, <laughs> she's writing for her and the husband. And she's asking for advice because she's saying that they're anxious, they're confused, and they're worried about telling her. And that is particularly hard on her husband because he wants the daughter to know that he will always and forever be her father. Now, get right back. What is the advice you're writing back? Brother Al. Okay. So now I, I sat here and read the letter. I got to think for a minute. Then I'll write back. Dear crazy and deranged people, <laughs> please go through, get your family, get your family together, because the husband should be up in his 90s now. Get your family together. <laughs> go to a therapist and sit down and bring this out to her. Since you're adamant about bringing it out, then you need to get a therapist involved right then and there and bring this out to her. Because with y'all sitting there, she's going to look at y'all like y'all crazy and and, and have the distrust, and, and you may lose her forever. So uh, go to your therapist, bring her with you, and y'all sit down and talk about this since you're so adamant about bringing it out. 
Good luck. Oh, yeah. P.S. Jesus is also sitting there, sitting back to see how this play out. You know what? (laughs) Okay. All right. Thank you for the Al. Thank you. Pastor V, you're writing back. What are you saying? What kind of frackinackle bull is this? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, man. I I would have told that, that, that couple, dear couple, this is what you should have been thinking about. 30, 30 years ago, when you when you began to put together this diabolical, evil scheme, <laughs> yeah. you should have been you should have been thinking about what the result would be, you know, before you signed off on the dotted line. And then it wasn't enough that the father and the mother, you know, came up with a scheme that to include an innocent child. Well, an innocent son in this scheme. No good, my mother would say, no good comes to, to evil. <laughs> None. <laughs> but I, uh, Is that how you can be it? No. No, because... <laughs> 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 I remind him that the God we serve is a good God, and He is able to set all things in some kind of crazy order. Oh man, I feel like I'm walking on my tongue. <laughs> Man, what is that how you're ending it? No good luck. But is that how you're ending it? Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> okay, good luck. So both of you are ending it with good luck. All right, Pastor KL, you're writing back. What are you saying? I say Peter I know. John I know. But I don't know who this family is. <laughs> I, I have no clue to who this is. Mm. You know, I, I I think that you you should have thought this over carefully. You know, this this was definitely a bad decision. You know, however, you know, I I, I think you need to go to God. I, you know, I, I hear Pat, um, Brother Al says go to counseling. God is a wonderful counselor. You you, you need to go to Him. And allow him to, to to direct your path and how how to go on. You know, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. You know, you 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 have to trust God now. You know, to to to, to be able to heal the hurt. You know what I mean? If 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 he bring you to it, he'll bring you through it. You know, but you have to believe. You have to follow God, and 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 work from there because obviously, you know, the Bible says that man will fail you all the time. You've already failed yourself. You've already failed your family. You know, your, your, your mind within itself has already failed. So what you've tried to do did not work. 
So now you have to go to a higher level because what's happening is that all you're doing is trying to fix what you have already broken. And, and, and since you couldn't produce it whole, then, then you need somebody else to fix it for you. That's what I would say. Okay. Okay. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Some interesting advice. You know, I'm going to read you what the therapist wrote back. All right. First, the person she calls her brother is her biological father. And second, the people she calls her parents have deceived her for 30 years. There are two truths your daughter will be absorbing simultaneously. And trying to figure out why they broke this up. I don't, they broke this up like crazy, and I have to sift through all of this. Um, tell, telling her will be the hardest thing you will have to endure, but you have to think about what she's going to experience. She may not forgive and you need to come to peace with that truth. And that's what she says. Mm. You know, this is a, you know, and, and again, this is, you know, a therapist speaking. And, you know, I'll ask you all, you know, first of all, we, we, we're going to take into consideration that these people may not be you know, someone who attends church, knows God, blah, 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 blah. So we're going to turn this around, and I'm going to let you you guys go out and, and you know, speak into our listeners. You know, we believers, we all have made decisions in our former life that we would not make now. What would you tell um, who would you tell, you know, people to, you know, when they need to seek counsel, do do you agree that you should go to a general therapist or counselor, or would you consult them and tell them to go to a Christian therapist or counselor, or it shouldn't matter? Brother Al, what are you telling our listeners as a as a believer, I, I I would definitely tell them to to seek a a Christian counselor. You know, the Christian counselor will open their eyes to um, to to uh, Jesus if they not Christian themselves, um, seeing it from a spiritual way. You know, because um, we all know, uh, you know, God can solve anything. God can help anything. You know, maybe teaching them to pray how to pray, you know, so I definitely would tell them to seek a, a Christian counselor. 
Okay, okay, okay. Now remember, now these people who are coming to you are Christian people. So, um, okay. So, is that the same counsel you give them? The same, yeah, same counsel. I would tell them to seek a Christian counsel. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you, uh, brother Pastor Vinny. What are you telling our listeners? Speak to your listeners and tell them. You know they've made they've made a decision prior to them. You know knowing Christ and giving their lives to Christ, and now they they're in a dilemma. Mm-hmm. Who are you advising them to go see? Um, I agree. I would. I agree with uh, Brother Al. Um, the the Christian counselor or the Christian therapist has has a different uh, view uh, on on issues that uh, that affect that affect people. Period. Uh, and and also bringing up the fact that in all that we do. You know, we need to consult God first. Um, we we um all of our choices, all of our choices, good or bad, have consequences. And the Christian counselor, I believe, would orient them to the point that they would think before they act, because. Not only uh, for, for this situation, but, you know, there's going to be some other issues coming up in the future dealing with the same issue. I, I see this like a cannonball, things happening over and over and over again, repeating themselves. But there, there, there needs to be some kind of um, stopgap, something that says, wait, i got to think. I'm not that same, I'm not even that same person anymore. I need to start orienting my life where God is in charge, where I'm, where I'm trusting a higher power and not just my own strength. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Pastor KL, speak to your listeners. And, you know, they made these, these decisions or this decision in their former life, and now they need to seek counsel. Who are you advising them to seek? Well, I, I'm definitely um, advising for the spiritual counseling, um, but because I believe that one of the things that, that one of the things that the, that the spiritual counselors should do is first say we, we, before we try to fix the thing, we need to repent. You know, what I'm saying we we, we 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 need to repent to God. You know, for for the things that that we've already done. You know what I mean? So sometimes, in, in order to get clean, you know, you, you have to tell the story. You know, we, we, we bottle stuff up too much, and, and that's what's festering. These people waited for 30 years, you know, and now their conscience, you know, has come to torment them. You know, so before you can even deal with the daughter, you have to deal with yourself, recognize what you've done, you know, who you've hurt, and then, then repent, and then allow the Christian counselor, or um, my thing would be that the best counselor is God, to kind of direct you on how you should handle this. And, and, and as, as the person, uh, the other counselor said, the natural counselor said, you have to be able to be okay with, with not having the answers or not having the results that you wanted because of mm. what, what happened. But you, ha- you have to be able to get this thing off you. 
You know, a, a lot of times we, we go to our demise, you know, holding on to things that, that we've never let go. So, you know, you, your old folks used to say, let go and let God. So at that point, at this point, we need to let go and let God. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you so much, gentlemen. This has been a really interesting conversation uh, and dilemma that, you know, people have faced, and I uh, give God thanks for your godly counsel. And thankfully, you know, (laughs) we would know what to do. Um, thank you for your contribution into today's conversation, and I pray you have a wonderful weekend. You do Amen. the same. You as well. You as well. Amen. Thank you. Thank Bless you. your brother. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. Let's hold hands and hold hearts and go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, we come before you, God, and we give you thanks for just the very air we breathe, that if it were not for you, we would not be here today. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for just blessing us to to just see a brand new day with brand new tender mercies. Thank you, Father, for loving us in a way that only you can love us, dealing with us in a way that only you can deal with us, investing in us just one more time. God, we know we spoke to somebody here today that may not have had quite this dilemma, but there's something going on. There's something that they're holding on to. There's something that's been eating at them. There's something that they should have said a long time ago, and now it's time. Now the time has come. They cannot let today go out the way the day came in. Something has got to be settled today. And we're grateful today, God, because we've introduced a concept that they may not have even considered or that they've been maybe teetering on. Standing right on that fence. And they didn't know which way to go. But we thank you, dear Heavenly Father, because you've invested enough in us for us to be able to talk this thing out. And for God, you know, God, we know that you love us and you don't want us going through all of this turmoil. And this is why you invest in us each and every day. This is why we are on this broadcast to tell people who you are. To let them know that you are loving, you are forgiving, you are kind, you are aware. We might hide. This has been a 30-year secret. Now, they may not have told. The young lady may not know, but you know. And we're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, to just help us with as, as small as we may feel it is or think it is. Or if it's as big as this particular situation, we think that it's this big. Or maybe even bigger. But we know we can trust you at every turn. We know, as the men have said today, that you've got the answer. That there's no dilemma to you. This is only on a carnal level. 
And we're grateful that you've introduced yourself to us. And we know that you have the answer to all and for all things. That you know every hair that's on our head. So how can we not come to you as the problem solver, as the miracle worker, as the way maker? We want to thank you in advance for what you have already done, but these people are going to see it manifest today. That the individuals will get to know you as a different problem solver today, the answer giver. Thank you. Thank you for helping them get over that hurdle, and we're going to trust that their faith is built, that they would be able to stand on the solid rock of Jesus. Your son died so that we would have a right to the tree of life, and we wouldn't have to be in this turmoil that he's He's standing with his arms wide open and with this invitation that says, come to me. All you who are heavy, heavy, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God, that there is nothing we have to carry because you are the you are the carrier. Oh. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. All the things that we walk around with, not even remembering that we have a place to take it and leave it there. Thank you for offering up your son. Thank you, Jesus, for offering up your life. That you would suffer for little old us. As wicked as we are. As unforgiving as we are. But you forgave us. And you continually forgive us for our sins. How could we not forgive? And Lord, we pray right now that if there is someone here who will listen and hear this prayer, listen and hear this broadcast, that if someone has done something to them, that they would be able to bring that to you and that they would be able to forgive and they would not walk around and hold that, that that unforgiveness would not reside in them. That you have promised us peace through your son that this world could never offer. And we thank you over and over and over again for all that you have done, all that you are doing, and all that you will do. We ask you to bless every due time crew member, God, from the beginning of the week all the way to the end, that they would find relief, that they would find answers, that they would find the love and care that they need so that they can continue to minister each and every opportunity they get, that they can leave their own burdens on the side 
trusting you. And it would not be carried into everything that they get involved in. But they would trust you and leave it at your feet, knowing that you will bring them relief. And when we speak, we're speaking from what we know. We speak on the level of faith that can filter into the listener and that we would not just be hearers, but that we would be doers of your word. And we could encourage others to do the same. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for that relief. Thank you for lifting our burdens. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God is an amazing God. You know, as as we were talking about this situation, this is a huge dilemma. And so often we make decisions today that we don't think about. Uh, we're not, we, we think that it's not going to come back. And how that decision was made without, you know, the repercussions <laughs> being considered is amazing to me. Um, I, I can't even imagine that being a plan. And anybody who knows me knows, I always say, listen, but where's the plan? Where's the plan in all of this? Well, that was clearly no plan. Because, you know, if you really thought that this would be something that you could walk away from and you would never have to answer um, for your decision. Uh, you're sadly mistaken. And even when we have quote-unquote small decisions that we're making, it can have the same ramifications. Yesterday I was talking to someone and I said, you know, I said, we have a GPS inside of us. And it's amazing how we rely on that GPS that's in that phone. And no matter where that GPS tells us to go, we're going to follow it. And if we make a mistake and, you know, we go past the, the, the block it tells us to turn on or if we make that left instead of the right, or if we don't figure it out quick enough and we don't follow the GPS, it says rerouting. And that's what the Spirit of the Lord does. It reroutes us when we make that wrong turn, that wrong decision. But if we sort to follow the GPS that God has given us, the Spirit of the Lord. The way we follow that one on our phone or in that car, imagine how we would find ourselves at the destination that God wanted us to to end at. What a gift the Spirit of the Lord is. 
What a gift. I don't know where I would be if not for that gift. And my prayer is that we all think that way. That when the Lord says move, you move. When the Lord says stop, you stop. When the Lord says make the right, you make the right. And when the Lord says make the left, make the left. When the Lord says go back, go back. Do what the Spirit of the Lord is telling you to do. Now, here's the thing. The Spirit of the Lord can present itself in someone else when you're not listening and following the Spirit of the Lord. And that one Spirit resides in all of us. So you've got to be smart enough who know that when the Spirit of the Lord has dealt with someone else and that person is saying something to you, that you identify that that's the Spirit of the Lord. Because it's the same Spirit of the Lord. That's what the Word of God says. And you have somehow suppressed or quenched the Spirit of the Lord. So God now shifts and he gives it to someone else to give to you. Because sometimes a lot of us, you know, unless we're standing in our face and it's tangible, we ain't paying it no mind. So God says, I know how to deal with you. I look at the mess that this family is in right now. And had they had one person, between the three individuals, had one person had that gift, even if mom and dad were so desperate to have a child and it had to be a child that had to have the same genetic makeup, Lord have mercy, sometimes things just don't mean that much. So you see where the, where, where the real concern was, but now it's that backfire. Opposed to them just going to a sperm bank, getting, you know, the 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 the, uh, the donation from there and just having a baby. You wouldn't have to answer all these questions. But had at least one of them had the spirit of the Lord and followed it, they wouldn't be where they are at this particular moment to write this to write this letter. What a mess we get ourselves in. But here's the best part about it. As Pastor K.L. said, you know, we're dealing with a God who is a forgiving God, who is a God that never sleeps nor slumbers, who's a God that has the answer to any of our dilemmas, a God who is always there when we need him, a God who never leaves us nor forsakes us, A God who says, yeah, here you go again, but I'm still here. A God that will always receive you whenever you're saying, I'm sorry, and there's this contrite heart. And even the God that when you're full of garbage and you're saying, I won't do it again, and he knows that you will, he still gives you that chance to come back and 
and pretend like, you know, you pretend like you just kind of getting over. But he's still there. He's still there. How blessed are we to serve a God like that? How blessed are we that we serve a God that we're going to have to eat some of these consequences, as was said by the gentleman. We might be eating, but there's always an answer at the end. We're not going to be able to make these decisions and we're going to get away scot-free and we're going to have to deal with the ramifications of our decision-making, but we know that at the end of the day, it's going to work out because God said so. It's going to work out because we do have that contrite heart and we do go to God honestly and say, I'm sorry and we need it. What kind of God is that? We couldn't rely on our mama, our father. The people ain't just saying that forgiving. And and see, they are now worrying about just tearing up their family. You know, they're worrying about she's not going to want to forgive. Now, think about it. Just like Brother Al said, I believe it was Brother Al. Look how old these people are now. Now, they're thinking, see, this is going on in their head. We only got five more minutes left to live. <laughs> now, how are we going to live this out? She's 30. She young. And if nature takes its normal course, they're going to leave here before she does. So now they're, they're thinking about this thing. Well, we have to live with her not forgiving us, and we may end up going to our grave, and we may have this to live with for the rest of our lives. But thanks be to God that we don't serve a God like that that we can go to him at any moment and really say, I'm sorry. We really, really have an opportunity to still make it into his kingdom. If you don't know that God, I suggest you get to know that God right now. Right now. Because your life will never be the same. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of our heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my Duke Time crew, our gentlemen, for sending us into a thought-provoking weekend. Thank you for hanging out with us all weekend, helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to us. Until Monday... Because we're in a long weekend and we will not have a holiday weekend and we will not have the Word Prayer Project this week until Monday. God spare our life where it's shaking the Monday morning blues all over again. Until then, I love you.